This episode is sponsored by Paradise Co. For t-shirts and beanie hats, visit paradiseco.uk and use the promo code GTS2020 to get 10% off. You're listening to another episode of the Get The Shop podcast. Don't forget you can follow us on social media, on Instagram at Get The Shop podcast and on Twitter at GTS underscore podcast. Now, without further ado, on with the episode. Hi, John. Okay, so welcome to episode 12 of Get The Shot podcast uh, with me, a guest, Ross Dukes, and I'm going to hand over to the guys and we'll get into it. Hey guys, it's uh, Josh here at Mr. Josh Deakin. John Willis at JRE Willis. Billy at Beef UK. She can't help but laugh in her intro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't take it seriously. So welcome, Ross. Uh, thank you very much for agreeing to come on. No worries. And uh, for everyone that doesn't know uh, your social media handles, do you want to give them a shout out? Yeah, sure. Probably the best one to follow me is on Instagram, and it's simply at Ross Dukes. So R-O-S-S-J-U-K-E-S. Fantastic. Obviously, starting off, I suppose, really with the backstory of how you started into photography. So did you sort of start recently or from a very young age? No, so um, I'm, I'm not very young. I'm 38, so it was it was a little bit of a while ago. But to cut, cut a long story short, I never really had that much of an interest in photography. It was probably only around about 31 that I actually got into photography. So even though I had an interest in cameras and things when I was younger, it was, yeah, probably only about seven years ago when I actually got into it. And a friend of mine actually approached me and said, would you help me come and take some pictures of a car for me? And, you know, I, I just said, yeah, we'll go and have a look. So we did some photos for his website. Good fun, enjoyed myself. Never thought anything could happen with it. And about a week later, it turned up with an ODR race, and I thought, great, we're going to do some pictures of that. And about a week after that, it turned up in a Rolls Royce, and was like, do you want to do some photos? And before I knew it, I was... Wish my friends were that cool. I was, was going to say, so, yeah. Yeah. What, so, um, what sort of friends have you got, the dry ODR race <laughs> and Rolls Royce? <laughs> in fairness, he was, uh, he was setting up his own website, reviewing cars and things. And he got really lucky, and I just kind of tagged along with it. So, you know, Fair it was enough. all good fun. And so obviously, uh, sort of like you were saying, probably about eight years, something along those lines, yeah. maybe that you've been doing sort of photography and stuff. And obviously, started off with those sort of cars and stuff like that. And car photography was it something that you ever envisioned that you'd probably get into, or did it make any money? I suppose really in that sense. Yeah, and it was absolutely not like a career choice or anything like that. I think at the time I was working as like a painter and decorator, and it was just you know, any, anything to kind of break the monotony of doing like the normal day job. And unfortunately at the time, I'd kind of lost my mum. So um, it was just something to kind of distract myself. But found that I quite enjoyed it, saying that like, you know, it was good fun to go and do and try different things. Yeah, yeah. And before I knew it, because we wasn't getting a car every single week, there was like lots of like downtime with it. I started to go and take photographs of Birmingham, and it wasn't long before that actually kind of got more popular than the actual automotive work and a little bit after that started to actually make some money out of the images and that was when it probably started to sink in thinking maybe this could be a bit of a career but oh, wow. to tell you the truth like i honestly never thought that i could do it as a full-time job or anything like that mm. so go on lad that's good to hear wow so yeah i mean i i personally met you i think it was at one of the igers birmingham meets quite a while Rip. ago um yeah it was quite a <laughs> Rip. sort of um i think it was maybe three years ago maybe four years ago something like that 
and I think you were at the Sutton Park meet for the World Photography Day. Uh, yes, as well. yes, I remember it. It was a wild patch. It was yeah. a wild patch, wasn't it? So, Love Sutton Park. Yeah, Sutton Park with Down wild ponies and all that <laughs> sort of stuff. Yeah. Sounds like Samuel Valley for me. That does. Nice carvery. Nice. Yeah, so, so that's interesting. So obviously, like you're saying, um, the interesting thing is that you obviously started with like the car photography to help a friend, but then progressed yeah. into the sort of the cityscapes just to fill the void, I suppose. That's quite yeah, interesting. Absolutely. And, um, so, I mean, I, I was quite fortunate to be living in Birmingham City Centre during the time anyway. And I actually lived on St. Paul Square, which, if you know, it's very photogenic kind of place. Love, love certainly in autumn. So it's kind of a bit of a no-brainer that I'd go out and like, practice my own photography. I'd be annoyed if you didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Exactly that. So it makes it makes sense now. I can understand why you kept getting bloody sunrise shots in Birmingham. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he walked yeah, out his door and there he is. I think that's one of the things where I was really fortunate because it was easy enough for me to go to do where obviously other people are going to travel into the city. Yeah. Trump, you were already there. Sunrises were quite popular. So. Mm-hmm. Love a sunrise. So, yeah, so uh, obviously you sort of started off with automotive, moved into landscape. And like you say, before you were a photographer, you were sort of in the sort of painting, decorating trade. Any other interesting jobs prior to that? or Not hugely. I mean, I, I did actually study media at university and always wanted to get into like film and television. But again, it was kind of, at the time, it was more who you knew rather than what, what you knew. Okay, yeah. Um, so it became very apparent that I was never actually going to go and do that kind of thing. So I just went through the standard kind of factory jobs and office jobs and this kind of thing. Um, and this is why it still surprises me that I'm a photographer now because it just it just wasn't on the radar. It just didn't seem like anything that I could ever end up doing. So it's quite interesting because um, obviously you did media, so it's this is quite a opportunistic sort of sort of time to think. Like obviously you did. I'm assuming was it a degree in media? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So obviously Ooh. going through that degree Ooh. at the time, presumably as you were doing it, you probably thought I'm going to work in TV or film or something like that, maybe or something along those lines. Jeremy Carlshire. Oh, yeah. don't say that, Jesus. Really, obviously, going through that media course, presumably at the end of it, you had aspirations perhaps to go into something media or film-based, something along those lines. Yeah, well, it was, it was always TV that interested me. So there was a few little TV companies based down in Digworth and I ended up going and doing some work experience for them. And probably the highlight of my kind of media career was working on a programme called 10 Years Younger. Oh, um, oh I remember so that. Literally that, just in the back office looking at pictures of women that wanted to look <laughs> 10 years younger and decided whether we put them forwards or not. So, so you, were, you were looking, you were um, presumably looking at a load of photos of women going, can we make them look younger? Yeah. <laughs> exactly that, exactly that. Believe me, there were some that were challenged, but the scary ones were girls at like 20, and they want to look 10 years younger, and you're going, what do you expect us to do? You know, so uh, that was a, it was quite entertaining, but yeah. Um, but after, after I finished the, the kind of like doing the work experience and things like that, it was clear that there wasn't any opportunities, so there wasn't any actual paid work. It was more about just getting the experience, and that was that. So Fair enough. I have to say, for somebody who was looking into doing uh, media, which was called iMedia in my school back in the day, I had the same thought as well. And I, and the one thing that kind of shattered that and actually brought me to the senses is that like it's such a it's such a crowded market and such a crowded industry and all that. And it's just like if you go into doing you know media, you are quite uh, and like going for TV or you know films, you're quite narrow minded. Like at least that's yeah. what I think. At least from what people have kind of persuaded me in going for other things and photography kind of spawned like you say you did it separately to everything 
So you you got you gained it as a hobby for a while and then ended up making money out yeah. of it, right? Yeah. So I mean, at, at the time, because this was going back nearly twenty years now, so it, it was a little bit different in terms of having social media and ways of distributing your own contents. Uh, even though there was still options to do that, it just wasn't as readily available as it is now. Mm. So you yeah. really had to be tied in with a company or be fortunate to get a job doing that kind of thing. So you were pretty then. young at the time, I think, as well. Yeah, when I was yeah. Looking at this. So you definitely would have been of a, well, you're a, a similar age to me, I would say, Ross. So I'm like 35. So you would have yep. seen the rise someone of someone older than like, you yeah someone <laughs> older than me on the podcast once oh, wow. um so yeah. you would have you would have seen things like the rise of Flickr, like i did and remembering oh that Flickr yeah. sort of grew and then it was a useful user base but then it sort of tailed off particularly in the uk i think it sort of disappeared yeah, quite yes. quickly um only companies really use it now don't they for like their corporate stuff yeah it's like corporate accounts and there are still some user user groups and stuff that people encourage to post to but i think that's long since gone and like you say the exposure that you get from new social media platforms like your Instagrams and your Facebooks and YouTube and stuff like that is definitely much more beneficial if you're... You've got to go where the platforms go. Yeah, definitely. So obviously we've sort of covered the start of your photography career and working your way through. Now is probably quite a good time to take a a very short break for the listeners and we'll uh, we'll come back uh, with part two. Welcome back, everyone, to part two of our favourite podcast. <laughs> Everyone's been like, what are you saying, favourite? No, I like this one. Uh, so we were just talking about, I was very interested in the automotive side. <laughs> I didn't have to say it like that. I'm just being awkward. But yeah, awkward. I was I was interested, obviously. Starting, you've never done photography f- before. Your friend is like, yeah, I've got a Rolls Royce. Sick. <laughs> You're like, I'm Okay. Then what? I'm interested in like what camera you had. I know I had a Fuji bridge camera for my butterflies, you know. I know that it was always daytime and I'd never usually shoot at night so I don't know how to do it. I'm just very yeah. interested in how you, where did you go? What did you do? Tell me things. Tell us from the start. When my friend actually approached me, I've got to say this, he didn't own the Rolls Royce. <laughs> yeah, I'm know, just, I'm just picking them right up. It sounds like I've got these proper baller friends that are just turning up like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've just got a Rolls Royce in the back garden, <laughs> you know, in the garage. Oh, yeah, well, that's it. I've got several downstairs, yeah. That's it, I've got so. loads of Porsches as well. Like, I've also got the TT. Yeah, of course, I keep tripping over mine. Yeah, Josh so. owns Apple. Yeah, well, that's it. So, um, Billy digresses. That's a lot like I say, my, my friend was trying to set up a car website, so doing reviews. So he was just trying to get access to cars wherever he could. But the other thing that we, we never really considered was, at the time, I hadn't really got a proper camera. I literally shot these on mm. like an old Can- uh, Sony Cybershot. Oh, I've but just been listening about those. I literally just I'm not old enough them. for the Sony Cybershot. But um, I, I was listening one. to a different <laughs> podcast because I'm a cheater. And they were talking about those and how everyone used to share them as photographers when they first started out with your with your MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, this this is when uh, this is <laughs> Ross will probably remember um, what were they called now? Magic Gate memory cards or something? I think. Yes. They were talking about these. Yeah. They were talking about uh, these. Yeah, I was yeah. like, what? Yeah, that it was like you know uh, basically uh, four million pounds for sixteen megabytes of storage. Or Jesus something. Christ! <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so you had your Sony Cybershot, a Rolls Royce, <laughs> a very good yeah, friend. Well. <laughs> It's, it's an interesting mix, isn't it? You know, so I'm, I'm never going to be famous doing that kind of thing. But um, 
I ruled about the same time my girlfriend actually saw that I kind of got an interest in photography that I was enjoying going and doing it. And she bought me a Canon 650D. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I know, I know. It's true love, isn't can, it? Can I, can <laughs> so. I just confirm something here so it doesn't sound weird? Are you still with her now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, it's not going to be weird then. Yeah. It'd be weird. Just about, although she hasn't bought me any camera in, cameras in recent years. I, d- so I didn't know whether to be it. End it. I didn't know whether to, Let's call whether to be like, ah, oh, she's so sweet, or ah, oh, she was nice yeah. when she was a bitch. No, 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 no. Kicks her ass. She can go. Sleeps in the garden. Good, uh-huh. good show, no, guys. Any, good show. If anyone wants to find their way to my heart, just buy me a camera and how many ones. I think that's the same for everyone. I need a Sony A7 Mark Yeah. I'd just like having a or maybe a V8 F-Type Jag. I'd go with that as well. well like car? True, yeah. true. I can understand yeah. you. Come yeah, on. Sure. Ask for the car instead. Yeah. Yeah. Or a BMW, so I can be the people I hate. I've already got a camera, so what I actually need is the car. It'd have to be a Tesla Roadster for me. So Ooh. you've got your Sony oh, Cybershot. Where are you lighting this Rolls-Royce? Are you going to a field? I want to see this. I want to picture it. When, when we first got access to it, because obviously we didn't own it, we had to be very careful of what we were doing with the Rolls Royce. So, you know, you can't just say, oh, we want to go do this, that or the other, or drive it up and down the beach. Um, <laughs> we'd only got it for one evening, so we had we literally had to shoot it around Birmingham City Centre. So we went to the only place that we could brave. think of, which was the top of Snow Hill Car Park. Oh, that's um, always a very good idea. Brave getting it around the car park. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, well, I was just about to say, this, this thing's like three metres long and like two and a half metres wide. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Like, Bays are not big enough. It's big, isn't it? Yeah, and we, we're trying to like maneuver it into the car park, and it's got like a weird little entrance. Yeah. And we properly like curved one of the wheels and stuff. Oh. So it's like, yeah, no, could, could have gone very badly wrong had the owner spotted that, but it was what it was. Oh, so. you, thank the Lord. There we go. It's just like trying to get He's a higher point. Now. Is he going to get a fine yeah. coming through? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 just no, no, all no, you did, all no. you, all no, you it, wasn't, it wasn't too bad in fairness, but whenever you're in rolls Royce and you hear a big clunk like that, you, you panic. <laughs> panic yeah. You know what it'd be like? It'd be like oh, the yeah. Italians wait, waiting a year to give you the fine. I'm like that in my Kia. Well, that's it. Yeah, they're going to hunt you down now. So they put you down and they're going to kill you like me To be fair, I grimaced. When I curved my Ford Focus alloy the other day, so well, I yeah. can only imagine that, the, the crying that must have been happening inside that vehicle. We also did something similar in a Bentley as well, but I'm not going to mention that one. <laughs> oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Probably save that one you. for uh, off the of podcast. Oh, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to do that when we're not recording. Oh, uh, so yeah, was yeah, yeah. so, it at night you said that you went to the car park? Yeah, so we, um, I mean, I think I'd already already got an eye for kind of shooting at around about either sunrise or sunset. Because I knew that that was going to make the, uh, the image more interesting. Mm. I hadn't really got too much of a clue about kind of, you know, dynamic range, this and the other at that point. Was, it pretty, early on, was this pretty nice. early on then? So, yeah. This was his first one, isn't it? This ah. is like day one. Yeah. This is 31-year-old well, I mean, Ross. And the lighting, I'm trying to remember, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. trying to picture the scene in the Snow Hill. It's it's decently lit at night, isn't it? It's not very well yeah, lit. Yeah, it, well, to be honest, it's a bit of a pain because the Flood top day. of the car park has got the lampposts and stuff. But they've got like an orange glow to them, oh, and no. it looks dreadful mm. on top of the cars. So, so you yeah. shoot, you shot the lamppost out. And, uh... <laughs> trying, yeah, well, actually, it, it's an interesting point. But this was one of the things that got me into like over editing my images, so using Lightroom and Photoshop. Was I wanted the images to look really commercial. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I learned very quickly that I had to kind of like you know manipulate the images, make them look better, and yeah. including kind of Photoshop and stuff. Like, yeah, and, um, and sorting so like your white balances and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Life. Yeah. So that's interesting. So obviously you're shooting with this, well, respect, re, yeah, retrospectively probably a terrible camera, but at the time I'm sure it was very capable. Yeah, I've heard good things. These were good. These are very good photographers. 
that yeah, yeah. using these Sony Sony shots that I heard of. I mean, like, I've heard good, great things. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, they, you know, their cameras, they do, I wouldn't say they're great, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, so that's good. So obviously, you did your sort of your automotive shots and you did your all your, your, your step into photography, and like you say, it led you into that editing route. And I'm assuming that helped you with your love of, like, landscapes and cityscapes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that is kind of like the pinnacle of like why I got into the Birmingham photos. Doing the automotive stuff, I needed to kind of teach myself how to edit an image, how to make the most of it. But the only thing I got to shoot was the streets of Birmingham. So living in St. Paul's, I'd literally just go wandering around the city trying to find different scenes, certainly at sunrise and sunset. That's not hard. It's uh, a nice place. Just, well, that, that's it. You know, it's, <laughs> and obviously just try and try and manipulate the images and make them look as good as I could. But I'd start to do things like putting fake sun flares and things in there. Oh, um, very early on, I got really accused of like over-editing the images. Fuck um, everyone. Well, that's it. I think I think so, these days mm. it's far more acceptable and to people fair, almost. You've, heard, you, you've, lis- you've listened to the to, to what you've done wrong, and I guess yeah. that kind of links into something that we say in that episode, one of our episodes in episode mm. ten, where we said like you know you can over-edit a photo and completely destroy the colours and destroy yeah, all of your absolutely. highlights and everything. And just like, just offer that. So I suppose I suppose on on the sort of the the notion of like obviously you, if you start acquiring feedback about uh, what your photos are like and stuff like that, I suppose when you're first starting out, one of the things I found quite difficult early on was the um, uh, taking criticism, especially when you think obviously as as a photographer you've taken a photo and you think it's absolutely banging, <laughs> and then yeah, and yeah, then to take the criticism that somebody perhaps thinks it's not great or whatever it might be. So I mean, how do you deal with that when you're starting yeah, out, complex. particularly when you're going? Uh, sort of, you know, into a professional capacity. How do you go with that? Yeah. Well, I think the, the the biggest thing for me was around about that same time, Birmingham updates started to share my pictures. So yeah, I was, I was never updates. really comfortable with putting them online anyway. Mm-hmm. But people kind of picked up the images and shared them, uh, yeah, no which was great. It was nice to see. But it just invited loads of comments as well. And I always remember this one guy saying, you know, <laughs> I'll be careful not to swear here, but this is basically over-edited rubbish. Oh, you, um, can, you can swear. Don't shit. worry. You know? Honestly, it's an explicit <laughs> okay, well, okay. Bollocks. So you said this is basically Photoshop bullshit. Yeah. Um, Call him out, man. So... Call him out. Well, what else are you going to use from Erdington? What else are you going to yeah, use in so... Photo? <laughs> yeah, that's it. So I, um, I responded to the guy and I said, if yes, you can man. point out anywhere that I've said that I don't edit my images feel free to, to show me, but this is what I want to create. This is what I want to make. You show him. And it kind of, it sat with me for, for weeks. So it was a bit like, you mm-hmm. know, am I faking it? Am I kind of, you know, uh, am I kind of living a lie or something? Mm-hmm. But I think it really just hit home that I'm creating images for myself. And if other people enjoy them, fantastic. But this is what I want to see. So I'm going to do whatever I need to do to, to create those images. Mm. So yeah, it was a bit a bit of a steep learning curve with that. But the the other side of it, so from the client side, that's more important. If they, if they're putting money behind it and they need the image to look a certain way, well, yeah. again, I'm going to do what I need to do to, to give them what they want. Mm. So yeah, yeah. but is, dealing with criticism, it is a nightmare. It is, nightmare. and I think it's interesting because uh, one of my uh, close friends that I've sort of developed through photography communities. Uh, he um, had one of his photos criticised that was shared by Igos Birmingham. And you might yeah. remember it, I don't know. But it was basically a Snow Hill tram where he'd sort of faked mist in front of it and stuff. Right. And yeah, uh, yeah. somebody called him out and said, that's f- 
fucking ridiculous. Like that's not one image. And he was like, I didn't say it was one image. Yeah. I've just was it, was it a straight unshot of the tram? Was yeah, it yeah. Do you remember? Towards it. Yeah, it was Joe Davis, and he's, he's <laughs> yeah, really, I know. he's that's really spurs. he's really good. No, no, he's the photographer. Know, he's know, yeah. he's really good at composites. Yeah. It's a really really good shot, and he got called out like proper hounded on his DMs and stuff about the fact that. It, you know, it was fake, and he was like, "It's not fake. I've taken an image that I've taken, yeah, combined it with another image that I've taken, Fair and made yeah, a better image." Well, that's it. I, I completely agree. I remember seeing the image, and I remember thinking that's a really cool shot, and it, it was clearly a composite. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. I'm, I'm kind of not interested in that. Mm. You can get into the whole argument that photography itself is built on a manipulation because it's what you include in the image and what mm. you don't. Of course, yeah. But well, and you're manipulating the light, aren't you? Often. Yeah, exactly. The one exactly. thing I have yeah. to say, and I hate the most, is when the difference between someone leaving you some constructive criticism and someone who's just completely shit, shit talking you. And I hate people who do that. I will immediately screenshot it, save it for myself to to digest, and let everyone else not see it because those people don't deserve to leave. You know, comment. You can tell the kind of comments. The ones who use complete yeah, yeah. swear words. If you're using, like I say, you you know, Photoshop. What else are you going to use? You ain't going to use a potato to edit it, am you? I mean, and who's yeah. going to upload it raw? Like people completely rinse people for raw uploading, yeah. which I understand and get, because obviously when yeah. you upload a raw photo, it's going to completely compress the crap out of it on Instagram. So, well, yeah, yeah. and and also unedited image, images. I mean, especially if you want to go into a more professional scene. Oh yeah, you clients just, you are going to look at your work. That. And, it's a no go. Yeah. Rejection. So, yeah. I think the, the other side of that for me, though, is I, I, I'm almost trying to be a bit of a marketing campaign for Birmingham. I love the city. I want to try and sell it as well as I can. I'm under no yeah. illusion that parts of Birmingham don't look great. Or, you know, yeah, yeah. But you shoot them at the right time of day, you do a little bit of editing, you can make a scene look interesting and stuff. And that's all I'm trying to achieve. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying mm. to lie to anyone or tell them it's something that it isn't. It's the same as any city in the world. It has its good and bad things. Mm. But I'm just creating what I want to see. What, so, what, yeah. Which place have you struggled to, to do justice to in the centre of the city then? Would you be able to tell us one of us? Uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, there's, there's certain parts of the city that I'd love to go and shoot more. I'd love to go and do more of the outskirts. So I mm. don't live far from Soho Road. And it's such an amazing place to go and shoot. Mm. But I just don't really get the opportunity to go and do it. And I almost want to do like a separate project around areas like that and Handsworth and Aston. But I do think it's becoming more popular, especially with the guys doing film photography. So lots of Chris Askey. Um, You know, there's people out there that want to get a feel to their images and some of those areas suit it really well yeah so you know so there's, there's plenty of people doing fantastic work in the, in the kind of lesser shot yeah. areas yeah yeah well later so, on uh, we'll come on to sort of communities and individuals that you know that stand out within birmingham but it's interesting because you've touched on why you like shooting birmingham and that was my next sort of point really was why birmingham and you've sort of said you know you want to document and promote the city um, yeah, yeah. obviously once you started taking photos of the city and started like you say getting published did that lead you on to aspiring to do more of Birmingham and, and just keep going and diversify yeah I think I think one of the biggest things for myself was I don't drive so you know pretty much everything I do I'm either on public transport or I'm walking around and it's a great way to see the city so you know I've, I kept finding little areas that interested me Oh yeah, um, but also it's, it's that thing of like you know <laughs> I want to show off the city as well as I can. So I kind of I know what I want to achieve. And so I just stuck for that. 
but there were loads of other photographers at the time that were doing really great work. So Verity Milligan, Tim Corn, Bill Fraser, Chris Askey, you know, yeah. loads of people that were creating good work. And I think you just get sucked into that community. It's like you, mm. you almost, it's almost like a little bit of brinkmanship. You want to do better, yep. but it's all completely friendly. We're really supportive of each other as I'm well. I'm not friendly. So, you know, <laughs> I don't fucking like, like any other portrait photographers. It, it is interesting because we, well, you've probably seen some of my work. I flip between portrait and landscapes and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Josh and Billy are very much predominantly portrait shooters. Josh yeah, sort of has a, yeah, jo- like Josh has like a travel account that's specifically I do travel, but on. there is no account yeah so. it's just for me billy does the traveling but oh no paradise photos. co has got all my travel stuff on oh yes that's hey, true. wait for the sponsors yeah. piece we haven't got that yet so <laughs> yeah it, it, it is interesting because i don't really have a genre that i've sort of settled on i like portraits and i like landscapes and like i for example this weekend uh which it, when you this comes out is going to be about a month ago but um <laughs> i uh i went and d- did some um shots of whitley court and that was that was something really different. It was at night. It's challenging because the lights dire. It's all. I mean, like you were talking about snow hills lights being dreadful. Well, imagine that, but with a purple tinge. Oh jeez. It was just nice. yeah. Love it was purple. it was very very difficult to very shoot in. Photos, but though, I must say. They were nice. Uh, I made I basically went with a purple hint to deliberately yeah. take advantage of it. You made the best of, of a bad situation. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it was interesting. And then on the flip side is, you know, on the next shot that I post, it might be a portrait. So it's it's, it's good that you've obviously gone down that route of having landscapes on one hand, but also automotive on the other. You like Hannah Montana? Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Okay, so I think we'll probably take a break at this point for our listeners, and then we'll come back in just a few moments' time. Um, I like Chris Askey's stuff. Yeah, Chris Askey's very talented. That was also very good. Who's his girlfriend? Have you seen what he's launched tonight? No. He's, he's got um, 50 of his film images from across the year, and, and they're fantastic. He's such a talented photographer. The only reason I hate him is because he worked for Gymshark, and it pisses me right off. Oh, yes, Gymshark. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you know like... what annoys me even more than that? He's a really good-looking guy, and he's really nice. Yeah, he's fuck a genuine him. guy. <laughs> God. So, oh, it's some people. He's got everything he really has. He's a full package. And his girlfriend, did you see her in that thing the other day? Um, He shared it on Facebook. Oh my God, it was so good. Uh, Yeah, the uh, the video. Yes, with the skin guy. What's Facebook? Oh, shut up. No, he shared it on his Instagram as well, you wanker. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I didn't mean that to come out the way it did. Um, but no, she she was with the skins guy doing like this. Um, if it, if it was virtual dating, and it was it oh, right. really re- honestly like I loved the whole life is cool. His series of photos that he did on his dad when yeah. his dad was really yeah. were yeah, brilliant, very really poignant. So good. So I, good. I have to be honest here. I only know him really for his Gymshark stuff, and oh, that makes sound rude. Honestly, his no, black, you need his to black see black his documentary film. stuff. His documentary yeah. black and white film is phenomenal. I think he's more documentary than landscape, though. I think he does yeah. a lot of exhibitional landscape. Like I bump, I've bumped into Chris two or three times when I've been in Birmingham. It's not very often that I am in Birmingham, but I've bumped into <laughs> him with either on his own taking photos. Did you see the or, NHS shit he did as or, well? Or um, the other one I've seen is he's just been walking around with Fraser, and I've just been like, I've Hello. seen him in town before, <laughs> yeah. and I just ran, ran, ran <laughs> far away. Just so yeah, it's not, not like me. I always sometimes bump into Ace now. It's just somehow, and he's, he doesn't even live in Birmingham. Yeah, his gym shark <laughs> stuff really annoys so me. So does it, if he's gym shark, does he job. take the photos of the of the models with their outfit? Just the studio or, stuff. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah his oh. studio lighting. I remember he was one of the first people that I'd seen 
doing studio lighting, and I was like, whoa. I feel like yeah. Gaz just literally copied him. Yeah, very, very. It's the ability to see him. the light. I just feel like I don't like him because he's talented. That's Jealousy not very nice. Sorry, <laughs> I know. Sorry. I yeah, jelly belly. You, you I'm a Leo. Belly. I'm a Leo. Hey, I'm a Leo, but I'm not jealous. I'm jealous of the fact <laughs> that he works with Gymshark, but that's it. You're a shit Leo. Because Gymshark is beautiful. You've obviously, you mentioned there as well, Ross. You talked about, obviously we're talking about Chris, but obviously you've talked yeah, about like yeah. Verity as well, and she's yeah, hugely yeah. talented. Um, I do agree with that as well. Yeah. Her, well, do, her you, work. do you know, the, the scary thing for me at the moment is when I was kind of first getting into this, there, there were a few of us around doing kind of like, you know, the, the pretty Birmingham shots and mm. stuff like that. Mm. Now, there's so many people doing fantastic shots of Birmingham yeah, and yeah. similar kind of work. It's literally, there are hundreds of photographers do you, do you that are think, really talented. Do you think uh, that's because um, the, like, the likes of Igus Birmingham, especially when Igus Birmingham is now shut, it seems to have promoted yeah. the other platforms? Do you think that's there's an element of truth in that? Like, there's the spin off. It's, it's allowed, like, 0121 shooters. Yeah, uh, all those sorts <laughs> of everyone, two one shooters, uh, all those sorts of they things. Like Westminster Photo Collective, obviously, all those that promote Birmingham and the wider area, they seem to have yeah. elevated a little <laughs> bit. I think. I think what the what the big thing is so before we had this central hub where everyone would go to, and it's like you know you kind of get photos of the day, you're doing this, that, and the other. It was always Igus Birmingham. Um, now that's gone. It's allowed the opportunity for loads of people to actually just push their own work more, mm. and because people are like seeking that attention and trying mm. to get the the kind of views on their own images, there's lots of like little communities forming uh, where it's just photographers going out and shooting with each other and really yeah. supporting each Collectives. other. Um, yeah. One guy that I follow is Matt Dolman, and I think he does a great job of oh. actually like you know going out with other photographers and helping support In- each other. Interesting, th- interesting thing, like Ross. That. Matt Dolman's photo is my background on my phone. <laughs> I like that. Brilliant. His his photo of St Paul's is just amazing. Yeah, yeah. But this is what I mean. There's there's probably about two hundred photographers that I could go through that shoot Birmingham, that shoot you know client work and stuff around Birmingham that are just incredibly talented. And I think it goes to show how good the city is in terms of promoting itself, promoting the work of people. Um, and you know it's, it's a bit of a hotbed of kind of creative talent mm, so definitely and i think it's interesting because we i mean i i'm sort of one of the admins <laughs> of um of Iger's black country we were set up i joined the team later but um ed and uh abby and steve they first set up because they spoke to beth and fraser and they were yeah, like yeah. black country needs its own representation because there isn't a, a huge amount of photographers at the time what's really yeah. good is since we formed that there's been a lot more photographers in the black country that have been promoting work. So like you say, yeah. I think it's really helped elevate the, I suppose, the the awareness that people have got of a location and a, a an area, yeah. Yeah. you know. And it's spawned off other things, like you say. Like, obviously, Igus Birmingham was pretty massive, really. Uh, it was probably the yeah. biggest, or one of the biggest accounts in Birmingham uh, on Instagram. Still salty. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting that we sort of we started Igor's Black Country and then that's that's kind of done a similar thing where although we're still here because we're relatively small by comparison yeah. it's had things like Black Country Live Express and Star BBC Midlands they've all started popping up um, yeah. and, and sharing yeah and sharing really good work that people do that's the thing yeah. like genuinely good photos you know this is this is the bit where I like where you know casual social media becomes linked with big media like the Midlands Today. And let's be honest here, if we looked at the figures of Midlands Today, yes, they probably get millions of viewers on the telly, 
but their social media is just about oh, on the pinnacle. It's coming yeah. up now. Yeah, yeah. And there's an opportunity, even for podcasts like ourselves, to, to be promoted through their through media, their media. potentially as well. Yeah, definitely. Because yeah. local yeah. news really does have its place, and this is where it's getting more technical. Well, it's interesting because um, I I noticed the other day, actually, well, I think I told, I might have mentioned it on email to you, Ross, is that um, you gave out an award to a young photographer. Um, oh, yes. That's yeah. nice. And that young photographer goes to my secondary school she's oh, uh, really i say my secondary school yeah. i'm in the school that i teach yeah. at obviously not Mine. my actual secondary school Mine. but yeah the school that i teach at and she's um a sixth form student now at my secondary school that i teach at so yeah. and Brilliant. she you know and that's again like your name was obviously tweeted out by our school but within school as well there's been discussions about her and her award and uh, yeah. yourself and stuff like that and obviously that just shows you that i met you a couple of times three or four years ago and then beyond yeah. that Obviously, now the link has been made that I was like, oh, Ross has given out an award to one of my students. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was like, I know It sounds him. a bit dodgy, that does, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, but yeah, but uh, well, clearly, I didn't even know she was entering for the award. So, yeah, it's yeah, one of those things. Yeah. So it is quite interesting. It shows you how these little communities that we have all sort of link together at random points. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, go, going back to like the, um, the Argus backcountry and things like that, I, I think it's just giving people a platform to share their, their kind of interests because I'm under no date that, like, you know, the vast majority of the photographers that I talk about are doing it as a hobby. They obviously want to turn it into a prof- profession. Yeah. But having these kind of platforms where they can really get involved, that it really encourages them to go back out and shoot and improve their skills and try different things, it, it gives us all a platform where you, you never know, you might get that bit of client work, you might get someone saying, we want to buy that image or can we commission you to go and do this? And there is so much work available that this is what I want for, for all of us. You know, I think that there's plenty to kind of go around. Yeah, and I think... I've seen some of these younger guys get into it. Like the, the young lady that won the award, she was fantastic. Yeah. Like, it took a great image. But if it gives them the, the kind of confidence to go on and, you know, she goes and turns this into a career, how brilliant is that? Like, fantastic. You know, so. Yeah, fantastic. And I think that's the interesting thing is it's sparking that creativity and that desire to want to believe in your own images early on will give you the confidence. Yeah. I mean, there's a few, I'm trying to remember, I can't actually remember his name now, but there was a guy, I remember at the Sea Life uh, Centre visit uh, through Igers, Birmingham, and there was a young lad who, he was only about 15, I think, taken first. What was yeah. his name now? I can't remember his name. But anyway, he took some amazing photos, and yeah. I yeah. was like, he's definitely going to be one to watch. Like, I could see that his photos were astonishing at the age of 14 or 15. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. then, that was like, it was amazing. It was so, so good. These, these are the kind of people that I hate because they're oh, yeah. so naturally talented and I, I'm rubbish. Like, you know, I've taken to 38 to get to take an okay image and these, yeah. these guys are doing it so naturally. Um, one, one guy like that is Sam McCauliffe. I think he's only like 21 or something like that. Yeah, or yeah. Not even that. He's an amazing photographer. He's got such a good eye. So there's lots of really talented kind of younger people around as well. Yeah, it's very, very, very good. Uh, oh, Billy and Josh have just realised oh, that we were still honest, recording. I didn't know. I'm going to I'm gonna hold my hands up and say I was on Ross's uh, Instagram. <laughs> And then I was like, actually, I need a new print for my like my wall. Ooh. And then I was like, let me go on his and let me go on his website. And then I couldn't find your website because you need a link tree. You need a link tree. And then <laughs> I've gone on YouTube. And then I went on your video. And then I went on your website. And I started looking at your prints. And in all that time, I didn't know we were recording. <laughs> no, we're not recording though. <laughs> we are no. recording. When did we stop it again? Yeah. Well, we just <laughs> the, the conversation just started, and it was so good that we didn't stop. So. <laughs> 
thanks for telling me. No, this is fairly obvious. This is why I was trying to tell you that I didn't realise. Anyway, I knew we were recording, but you you said we were going to keep recording anyway. Because everyone keeps asking me for Christmas presents, and I was like, oh, I'd like a print. This is a level of professionalism you don't get on Midlands. I know. This is yeah. At least I was doing so constructive. The thing is, though, at least they get an action and a cut. Oh, true. So, in, in, <laughs> in theory here, John, you kind of haven't done us a bit I'm of on a doing. It, it's my fault, apparently, Ross. So it is. Anyway, you, two, um, you, you both you were chinwagging about IGS Birmingham. I thought you two were just chatting. <laughs> oh, he's an, he's an IGS one. It's Igers, not IGS. Igers. I was being concerned. I, I know. We've had many a debate about that. And very, I low, very, very, very many meets. There's so many people that go Igers. Uh, Igers. 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 It's Igers. 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 It's like you say cheers. Jeers. Anyway. That's a debate we could have in an old episode. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I think at that point, we've kind of talked about communities and stuff like that. We've waffled on for maybe 15 20 minutes about we were half listening sort of things, so <laughs> yeah uh, we were hardly here because it we, seem. i did not know what josh was doing i was i was stalking you <laughs> I, was on I was on instagram as well well there we go so it is a social media podcast so they were busy on social media <laughs> I, I, I must make the point here that john did not signal that we were continuing he said we were having a break and we hadn't come back yet we had we didn't say I'll we let were him back. Back. i anyway, just feel rude now let's <laughs> move on let's not i feel rude by <laughs> my own omission otherwise this will become a tangent that we don't need to become a tangent so <laughs> On that note, what we will do is we'll have a very quick break. After the break, I reckon we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, how you edit and what you look for when you're editing photos, Ross, and uh, probably your final thoughts before we finish this episode. We need an action and a break. So we'll have an action. So here's a break. Okay, welcome back, everyone, to whatever part this is. We think it's part four, <laughs> so we'll say it's part four for the comedy effect. Uh, so we're obviously back with Ross, Billy, and John. So uh, where was we, guys? Where, well, where are we going to go to next? So uh, we've talked about um, why Ross shoots in Birmingham. We've talked about his transition between two different genres of photography. Uh, when you're editing photos, then, uh, Ross, is there anything, any particular workflow or anything that you, um, that you do? Yeah, so I mean, I'll, I'll kind of got a fairly simple workflow that basically I just do whatever I can get away with in Lightroom. And it's only if there's a specific kind of thing that I need to adjust for the image using like a clone stamp or anything like that, I'll go into Photoshop. Cutting but I'm really kind of simplistic. It's usually just like raising the shadows, lowering the highlights. Uh, I do see the graduated shots from the camera, but I like to kind of darken down the sky a little bit, give it a bit more of a mm. moody feel. So, um, so the, and obviously just adjusting the, a little bit of the, the kind of tone and the, the warmth of the image. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's nothing these days that people wouldn't really kind of like, you know, be able to work out themselves. I've, I've actually got YouTube videos on how I did it. So if anyone's interested, I'm sure they can find those. Definitely. Um, but yeah. Is something I, that defines it as you, though? That's, I, guess, I guess that's what the, uh, the I guess the, the main everyone, thing everyone is, isn't it? You're very pinky. Yeah. Um, like very yeah. warm. Warm tones. Yeah, yeah, well, that's it. It goes back to that whole shooting at sunrise and sunset and things. And you're just making the most of those kind of colours. So I'll often play with a HSL slider and trying to adjust the saturation, some of those colours. 
uh, and maybe just playing a little bit with the curves just to give it a bit of a softer feel. Yeah, I mean, so, um, something I've definitely tried. So, I've tried doing um, a bit of split toning, but I'm terrible at it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. I'm, I'm not great. I know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, to go back to this thing, but I do have a tendency to over edit my images, mm. so I do have to pull it back a little bit. I can go too far with this, mm. but this is you what happens you're doing when that. you create images for yourself rather mm. than worrying too much about what other people so, are thinking. I suppose so, part of the if, if you're editing them, Ross, um, yeah. do you? Um, um, do you allow a girlfriend to give you criticism and feedback? No, she she criticizes everything I do anyway, so I don't give her any other opportunities. <laughs> Basically, it's just any no. relationship, right? Brilliant. That's, that's my life. You know something though? If you yeah, didn't well, have the it. if you didn't have the strong criticism, then probably you feel less motivated to actually want to change your editing style mm. or anything like that. Yeah, I think I think Stop the only the... person that you really got to satisfy is yourself. And oh, if you're yeah. looking at an image and think I actually really like this. It's the same social media. I don't put too much emphasis on whether someone gets 100 likes or 1,000 likes or whatever it is. Yeah. It doesn't really mean a lot. If well, people I mean, like it, they will like, come. I, I just want people to appreciate the yeah. image. Um, yeah. But you very quickly learn what works and what doesn't anyway. So, In a way, you, you could think about like the sort of street performer on the street. Like You're, you're going to get some people stop and some people will keep walking or some people might stay for a second or two and they might not enjoy it. It's the same with Instagram. Like It's an open window. You you take your you take your leave when you feel that you're not interested anymore, or you stick yeah. around and make yourself a bit more of an invested follower, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd like to think that my images are fairly eye catching in terms of people will stop for a second and have a look, but mm. it's I don't pick up many followers from them or anything like that. Not that that's the crooks yeah. to it. I think that's. But, that, I think that know, is. A... You put all this effort into images yeah. and stuff like that. As long as somebody likes them, that's that's enough for me. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? I think that's a fundamental problem with social media currently, though. I think yeah. like we've we've all talked like my growth over the last two years really it has been has really been boring. so slow. Like you, yeah, I get yeah. a lot of engagement, so I get a lot, uh, quite a lot of likes comparatively for the number of followers that I have. I get yeah. quite a lot of comments, often quite positive comments, which are really nice. Mm -hmm. Like people saying like this is beautiful or really nice shot or whatever. But the number of followers you get, I think that half the problem is, is people, uh, and I don't know if you find this, but like me personally, I've reduced the number of people I follow to people that I only really know in real life. Yeah. Just because yeah. feature pages particularly, I find really hard to keep on top of because they post often, a lot of them, like Dope Ports, for example, that I follow, they, they post yeah. so many photos all the time. And their stories Absolutely. are inundated. So I find it, I almost have that social media overload yeah. where I can't yeah. cope with the amount of content that's coming at me all the time. It's I have a busy of, yeah. life. Part of the reason why, like, with the portrait mission that I run, uh, the three of us, because we're now down to three of us, we take a day each now. We don't post twice a day, which I don't think was even an issue. It's like, we post once a day throughout the whole week, each day, and whatever we gain at that point or whatever we post at that point, we're not too much in people's faces. We want mm. people to see us, but we don't want people to think that we're a foghorn essentially. Mm. So I think yeah. that makes more sense. Like dope ports obviously seems more mechanical. It seems like because they're almost churning it out every five seconds and those pages yeah. don't yeah. do well. No. Well, they've got a decent well, following, but it's it, again, it's one of those things. And I think it's one of those things like, um, I will instantly, as I scroll through my feed, I'll recognize Ross's photos very yeah. quickly. You have a distinct yeah. look, essentially, yeah. yeah. Which is good, actually. If you've I would, got a branding, look. I would, I would say, Ross, well, I pick, I pick your images up as sort of the pink and the orange hues, in much yeah. the same way that I see Ben McPhee's as a blue hue. Like yeah, I see, absolutely. You know what I mean? It's a certain look. Yeah. Well, it's kind of eye-opening to me as well because recently I've started looking at other people's images and thinking, God, is that one of mine? You know, because <laughs> there are people doing similar kind of work, but that's that's brilliant because I know. Out. 
I know that they're generally going to be decent images and stuff because they'll be shot at the right time of day. Yeah. They'll be edited yeah. nicely. I think the, the only real danger with social media is once you get a bit of popularity doing one thing, it could be really tempting to keep doing the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, it's nice to switch things up from time to time and try something a little bit different. So. It, yeah, a good example of that is um, Brandon from New York. Uh, what's his name? Brandon yeah. Wolf. 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 Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Something like that. Wolf. Wolf. Brandon Wolf. Oh, Brandon Wolf. With an E at the end, oh, yeah. it? But yeah, it's Wolf. Anyway, but he does a lot of like neon reflections and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, Callop is another one that I watch, but a lot of those are the one it's does lighting it with, like, based. Next to a TV or something. Yeah, or, like, it's Photoshop and walls stuff walls like that. But yeah. a lot of a lot of that Walmart. it becomes repetition, and like you say, it can become a bit predictable. So those mixing it up is quite of, useful. Those are the sort of ones that you see on feature pages every day. Yeah, well, That's they're what... eye catching, aren't they? No, but at the same time, though, and th- this is this is something that grinds my gears, if we're going to say things <laughs> that grind our gears, gears, I think it's a fair point to make, is when a feature page completely just, they just completely feature Americans or Australians, and they don't, yeah. they, they completely miss out Europe altogether, and I'm just like, well, yeah. that is not dope, that is not, you know, amazing, that's mm. just, literally just cut and cover, just, literally just take every big guy. No, you can't blame Brexit, Billy. Jeez. It's Boris's fault. <laughs> once we've got a trade, <laughs> once we've got a really good trade deal, Trump there, we'll be all right. <laughs> we won't get some we? half decent portrait yeah. photographers. <laughs> anyway, this featured. is not a politics podcast. We don't want them all to switch. Well, yes, off. fuck politics. Yeah, everyone go out. Oh no, it'll already have happened. I was going to say everyone go out and vote on Thursday, but it's too late. This will already have happened. And well, Brexit by now, will still be happening. So by the way, we, we could be in dire straits or something could well, go, go gone well if, we if, don't if know. it's any please, consolation please. no not Boris anything but Boris <laughs> well, if it's we'll any see. consolation Jeez. it's not Nish Kumar said when he finished the mash uh, the mash uh, mash report a few months prior to when it was happening in June and it's still happening yeah. now well, <laughs> so I, it doesn't matter when this goes anyway, out it'll it, still be happening yeah it does it's still well <laughs> it's quite funny because obviously I teach a lot of young people mm. uh, of which I'm not allowed to put my personal views no. of politics on however but you do no no no, <laughs> <laughs> no. but, but what, what's for clarity i do not uh, but <laughs> yes, what's, but what's interesting is the kids have a very uh a very abrupt view of brexit they just go right you voted on it three and a half years ago why isn't it done uh, that's a good yeah you know and i was like that's a <laughs> that's a valid point like they we voted on something that we thought would happen and it hasn't happened. And That's the thing is, is well, people also forget that when we actually decide to leave, there's about another 10 years of negotiations to happen afterwards. So it's yeah, going to be absolutely. anyway. I, I always go back to that kind of analogy of you, you're going out for a night out, you've had a few drinks, you go to a restaurant, everyone thinks it's going to be great and that's what you're going to enjoy and you walk in and the place is a shithole and you decide <laughs> you're going to go somewhere else. Yeah. But we are three years down the line and we realise it's a shithole, can yeah. we do something else? Yeah, but what and, we appear to be doing know. is just walking around in the same shit restaurant, just going, right, yeah, yeah. can we find anywhere to sit that no, isn't no, covered you, in no, dog no, no. shit? What, you, what you're doing <laughs> is you're, you're consulting the menu for three hours. Yeah. Shall we stand? <laughs> Let's check the food hygiene <laughs> rating. It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> is it too quick? Is, is requiring inspection. Yeah. Help. Help. But anyway. Yeah. All right. We so we've, we've talked about editing and you've talked about obviously developing your own style. What, uh, what gear do you use now, Ross? So I'm, I'm unashamedly a Canon shooter. So I'm actually using Don't the even. Canon ESR at the moment. Welcome. Ah, but he uh, is mirrorless. He's mirrorless. What? See? Ah, yeah. So go on, go on then. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna insert some gear, what do you think of the RP? Do you like it? Um, I, right. So I've got a very strong opinion that in this day and age, you have to go a long way to buy a bad camera. Like most modern digital cameras. Yeah. Um, are going to be very good. It's more, what do you want to achieve as a photographer and how, you know, 
what's going to be comfortable for you to do that with. So I always encourage new photographers to go and pick up the camera, feel, see how it feels in, in the hand, scroll through the menus, because I, I can't get on with so many menu structures. You said that. Oh, like that. Uh, you know, I, great, you know, the buttons yeah, all the time. I will so. say, I'm, I shoot Sony, right? I'm surrounded, apparently now, by Canon shooters. But ultimately, <laughs> I shoot Sony, and as much as I like Sony cameras, like, I actually love the gear, and I love what they've brought to the game. The menus, yeah. we've discussed this in a previous episode, the menus are so shit. Like yeah, the fact you can't that. even use touchscreen for the menus. That's just like a complete no-no. It should be immediate that you yeah. can use the touchscreen. Well, it's all right. If I want to change, uh, I don't know, like clear zoom to get like double the optical zoom by using yeah. um, short zoom, I only have to go into menu 4, sub-menu 14, <laughs> option 3. Or something, you know, like it's something ridiculous. It is. By that point, I could have done that on my camera already if yeah. I had the feature. If, oh, yeah. Yes, if you had the feature. <laughs> Bear in mind that my camera is older than most of the new cameras. Yeah. Well, mm. Billy's is the 70 or 80, right? So, 80 my, is, mine's it? like Yours 10 years old nearly. Yeah. So. yeah. Anyway, well, I, we shoot, I shoot on an A7 III, but you shoot on a, an EOS R then, Ross. Yep, yep. And so, the, <laughs> it was a quite a simple choice for me at the end of the day because I come from shooting on the uh, Canon 5D Mark III, and it was really simple. I just wanted the weight reduction. Because oh. when you're lumping like a 5D Mark III, a 7200 lens, this, that, and the other around all day, you pretty soon notice the weight. So I really wanted to switch over to, uh, to mirrorless to try and save a little bit of weight. But the, the thing that's really helped out is the glass that Canon are releasing now. So the RF lenses mm. are fantastic. They're some of the best lenses I've ever used. So, the so whole did you, kind of you know system is finally coming together. Did you so. start with... Um... Adaptive glass on your on your uh, Canon. I did, yeah, because I'd got the EF lenses, but in fairness, I've never had any issue with it. The only thing that I would say is I feel that the autofocus is that touch quicker with native lenses, so mm. the RF lenses, mm. than adapted. But I, I'd be surprised if I was like making it up in my head. It's like I, I, it's it, they still effect. work really well. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I've got to justify why I've spent four grand on lenses. Help <laughs> my life. <laughs> I've had to sell my kidneys and my yeah. ovaries and yeah. everything. That's it, yeah. Josh, we're homeless, Josh but don't worry. Game, I know that yeah. Much. Yeah, I was going to say, we're homeless, but don't worry. I have a wicked 163528. <laughs> I'll take your photo yeah. for, for a yeah. tenner. So, so you've gone native glass. So your Sony RF, uh, no, EOS are with RF yep, lenses? Yep. Yeah, so um, the, sorry, I missed that bit. Kind of broke up a little bit. Oh, so your, your native uh, body and glass now and do you use anything else alongside that any lighting or anything like that yeah well I'm kind of looking around my room now I've got so much <laughs> kind of gear like it's a little bit difficult to go through it all but I've also started doing a lot more video work in the last 12 months okay. so uh, there's loads of things like I've picked up the, the Xeon gimbal recently so yeah. I get more smooth footage um, loads of different lighting gear and stuff like that but I'm actually going through a process at the moment of trying to reduce how much gear I kind of carry on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. So literally, the ESR can do the video, can do the stills, I carry a leaf filter kit with me for a graduated filter. Mm-hmm. And if I can get away with just using that, that's all I want to use. Yeah, so, I, I use the, the Lee 100mm system on my yeah. Sony. It's expensive, but it's good. Um, and then... Like you say, I suppose one of the big advantages we discussed in episode nine, I think it was, of looking at digital digital SLR versus mirrorless, which um, 
for anybody that hasn't heard that episode, it's basically Make sure you do. it's basically me singing the praises of Mirrorless. But ultimately, <laughs> but you did a good um, job actually of yeah, like I did not balance sounding it. too no, biased. I did try to balance it a little bit, even though you own one. I own one, so I was very much trying to justify why I'd spent all that money. But anyway, um, <laughs> so, yeah. So interestingly, um, we talk about the fact that one of the big pluses of Mirrorless is that it can do the photo and video really effectively. Yeah. Like I said, my friend has got yeah. one who's in our portrait mission team and he adores it. Yeah, so obviously if you're it. getting into more video work now, Ross, then that must be yeah. a big bonus. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no such thing as a perfect camera. So the ESR does have the, the crop in 4K. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth is I'm shooting everything at 1080p anyway, purely yeah. because size then of, you've got to back everything up. You've yeah. got the storage issues. So it just becomes even more kind of cumbersome to, well, I mean, to do. You have to upgrade your computer to handle 4K. Yeah. So it, there's always kind of swings and roundabouts with it. But mm. I go back to that thing of I just want a tool that kind of gets out of the way and lets me do my job. So knowing how to use Canon kind of menus, uh, it feels comfortable in my hand. It allows me to concentrate on what I'm choosing rather than worrying about what settings are going to change on the camera and things yeah. like that. So Yeah, and I suppose that's true. I mean, like certainly for me as a Sony shooter, I came from Sony crop sensor bodies, so the move to full frame was obvious for me. It like it made sense. Yeah. And it was just one of those things where I came from Nikon or Nikon, if you're American, <laughs> as 20% of our audience are. So, um, it's Nikon, guys, yeah, not Nikon. Nikon get but, it um, your heads. But yeah, um, <laughs> oh yeah it's, they're talking all about all that data. data yeah, oh, that data. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> we got to get that data. But yeah, so <laughs> ultimately, um, for me, the move to Sony was fairly obvious. And like you say, it's that familiarity. It means you, you worry less about faffing around with the camera because I was used to the oh, Sony menus. As much as we all love a faff about it. We do love a faff. But then it's, for me, the, the full frame uh, move was mm. more about the fact that I had more custom buttons, more dials, more physical controls on the camera. More things that to mess around actually, with. Yeah, well, more, more <laughs> the fact I didn't have to go into the menus as much, to be honest. Uh, like exposure compensation dial, uh, yeah. front and rear dials, um, four custom buttons, I think it is. So where you've got that... It. that that touchscreen can't be used for menu problems. I can use it for focus. You have, you do have quite a lot of, a lot of things squeezed into one space. Yeah, yeah, and it's you can. Which some might find quite claustrophobic when they're trying to handle it, but maybe you yeah. find that really good for you because you're, you're, you like to crank things. You like to, you're a button. Yeah, and, yeah. And, not, and I'm sure Ross without really sounding. Yeah, I'm sure Ross <laughs> has got um like on his ESR. I'm sure it has like memory recall functions like my um. Yeah, I mean the the, the one of the benefits with Canon is they're really customizable. They have great mm. kind of mm. features and mm-hmm. things and they try to innovate as well so they use the uh, the touch bar on the back of the rsr that i've never touched they've got the dial rings on the lenses Ooh, that I never use. but it's nice to see that they're at least forward thinking with these things as well so yeah so where, so where is they're very far behind in terms of mirrorless they're also not that far behind in terms of innovation on their mirrorless series basically their premium toy kit essentially for people who have that money <laughs> it's basically yeah, people who yeah, buy the I- buy an iphone with gold plates and stuff on the back yeah true <laughs> yeah. so that's interesting so um that brings us on to our final bit i suppose because uh we're approaching the one hour mark i think so um mm. the final thing then I suppose. Billy, do you want to lead yep. on this one? Yeah, I feel like at, at this part of the podcast, I usually like space out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always like, not, not for your answer. No, so you've enjoyed it. Thank you. It's always like three quarters of the way in. I just start like having a moment to myself. I am I am speaking to you in my head. <laughs> but yeah, I like this one. Um, if you could go anywhere in the sh- world to shoot, almost messed up. 
where and why would where and why just go where do you want to link in what we said about gaz as well where you said what gear would you have as well yeah so like where why what gear dream well i mean you know obviously i enjoy shooting in birmingham but the truth is uh, we all want to travel we all want to go and photograph these amazing places and i think for me it'd be a bit of a road trip across america because i I think well i think there's just so much on offer there Mm. you could start in somewhere like new york or boston do all the cityscapes and stuff yeah i'll join you Um, (laughs) i want to go travel all all the way over to the west coast get some of the kind of amazing places on the west coast and everything in between places like yellowstone and whatnot just just so many incredible places i'm gel now i love Um, the idea of that but the the gear choice would be an interesting one so i'd actually take a film camera Ooh. And I'd go for a Hasselblad expansive. Ooh. So, you know, you get those beautiful kind of like panoramic kind of views and stuff. Um, but also just slowing down a little bit so you're not just rushing around with a digital camera all the time. Mm. You've got to take a bit of time I to like compose that choice. it. That's, I've got, that's really I've got one of those continental trains, like the Amtrak trains that go across the whole country. Mm. And stop that's at, like, it. Stop at yeah, random, you if you just stop at every station, it. that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. that is really, yeah. really good. I like the idea that you want to. Take even though time. even though it would be a lifetime trip, it would be something where you'd enjoy the trip and the photos you'd think before you t- took every mm. shot. Yeah, and hopefully yeah. you'd really think, uh, yeah. get the shot. Yes, <laughs> well, there's, on the get the shot. There's obviously that debate around kind of like you know we we take these images and we're not actually engaging with the scene. We're not actually kind of like you know enjoying the moments. It's like people who and take selfies. Just having that little bit. bit of time to stand there and look and try and compose it, knowing that you've only really got one or two shots at it. Just helps you engage a little bit more and enjoy it for what it is. Well, that's so. it, isn't it? It's like 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 uh, throwaway shots in in essence. Like if you just take a selfie with friends and then you forget about that selfie, like it's gone yeah. into the ethos. It's like an Instagram story; it's gone in twenty four hours. Like if it matters enough to you, mm. you'll put the effort in. Like mm. I, I can see it in my photos as a good example. Like I, I've taken more detail with my photos now. I mean, maybe it's because I've aided my progression using new things like using lightroom more yeah. often you know i could have i could have stayed using snapseed for a lot longer but because i've got a new uh kind of approach and i guess because yeah. i've invested in some more more equipment maybe i've i've seen a bit of a an opening where i could actually improve it and i'm more happier where i am now so the fact that you would you know you you take it back a step from what you do right now you get the Hasselblad which in my opinion yep. is a really cool camera just the problem of price and problem of the fact that like it's got, <laughs> yeah, it's got a lot of short it's got a lot more shortcomings than good things about it's it right. he has an unlimited budget on this. Oh, no, yeah, I know I, I know I'm saying dream. that but it, just because you've got all the money in the world doesn't mean that the Hasselblad's going to be amazing do you know I used the Hasselblad at I th- I um, college and it was the <laughs> most amazing thing I've ever scene like in my life like it popped up and it was like it was a square one so like Mm. the square format ones and Mm. it was honestly like well my uncle the the truth of it is i've had the opportunity to use like 35 45 thousand pounds worth of phase one and hasselblads and things like that and you can still take an awful image with them so (laughs) yeah really you know but why are you trying to these unicorns and stuff they're fantastic to play with but it doesn't mean you're going to get a good image what what you're saying then ross is that if uh if billy has a really expensive camera her photos will still be (laughs) crap (laughs) (laughs) i I never said this i feel like you put words in my mouth quoting Casey, Casey Neustadt, you know, it's not all about the gear. It's it about it's, it's, it's got to be. You've got to put your yeah. heart and soul to it. If you don't, if you don't bother, then it's there's the no storytelling point. in the photo, isn't it? As well, oh, yeah. like you've got to, yeah. it's got to evoke some sort of emotion when you view the image. The gear, the gear I'm only not brave when enough to do Absolutely. film, man. I wanted to do it in the studio, and because the studio I use is like really naturally lit, so you wouldn't either, you wouldn't have to hook it up to any lights or anything like my teachers taught me. 
um, that I didn't watch. Um, but yeah, like, it's, uh, I'm just not brave enough. I'm just honestly not brave enough. That's for thousands it. of pounds. Just of go and do it. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it's Don't a lot of time. Like, it's a lot of time. Let's be honest here. You've got to be literally dropped into a situation, cold turkey, where you do not have any other cameras around. Well, I've got my Canon A1 program, which I also have tattooed on my body. What? Nice. Um, oh, interesting. That's interesting how facts. into the, <laughs> that camera I am. <laughs> um, that's my show. It, it was my first, first camera. Get so removed with laser surgery. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'd love. I bought the. I buy these little ones, um, the one eighty film ones. They're only cheap, but it's like the film getting it done, and then I'd just be so disappointed if it turned out. Do you know what though? I, I'll say this, and I'm sure Ross, uh, you've shot on sort of thirty five mil film, haven't you? I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm one twenty. Yeah. yeah, the thirty five mil. I there's something really special because we've got a dark room um, at work that I yeah. sometimes. Mm-hmm. take over mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, on my own obviously not with students um, <laughs> obviously so, but, um, <laughs> that but I what I love is I love that something you don't get with digital right is that moment where you've took a photo you've developed your yep. legs and then you enlarge it onto a I don't know, 10 by 8 photo paper yep. or whatever and then that moment where the image starts appearing on the yeah. paper is so cool. That's why yeah. I went to Solihull yeah. College, the exact reason. Like I was, go- I could have gone to Sutton, it could have been really easy, my life could have been so simple. <laughs> but instead I used to travel two hours on a bus and two hours back just, just to use, room. I swear to God, <laughs> just, just, just to use room. a dark room. The only reason I went there. Is literally, the it re- it's literally like you know, people life. who do glass blowing and do you know clay construction like yeah. you, you just see it happening slowly mm. so even, satisfying even all those videos of slime and stuff like that you people get a buzz from looking at that sort of stuff you've so inspired me ross if you do in the manual process like i love the manual process with the automatic shooting on my camera now like if i was all yeah. automatic yeah. still i think i was more depressed just doing automatic all the way when i was first starting mm. like I, it, I thought how did people do it well i talked to you didn't i, I talked to you about yeah. um not going fully manual, but no, going no. into a semi-automatic mode, so like aperture or shutter priority, teaches you about the the exposure triangle discipline. Mm. That to me, it meant that you could you could instantly see how changing the aperture affected the shutter speed, yeah. the ISO, that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, and that's the, the big thing. I think the education side of things, and like you were saying, Ross, you've got, you've got like YouTube videos out there that tell people how to do stuff, and I think like yeah. I'm pretty much self-taught. Me too. Like everything that I know has come from just learning from just doing yeah just doing just it doing and, it. and looking at people yeah. on youtube particularly we're very fortunate as a generation i think that mm. we've got that amazing that resource. resource yeah definitely yeah. well i mean to tell you the truth i was i was doing a video yesterday for a, a huge client that really want to do more work with them and i'm still learning while i'm on the job i could have completely screwed everything up but nothing kind of focuses your mind like knowing that you've got to achieve something you've I got agree. to put some good eggs yeah and it's all on you yeah. So, you know, I kind of drive with that pressure. Yeah. You know? I, I did, um, uh, well, somebody I, I used to work with, they were they were uh, broke, basically, when they did um, uh, got married. My life. Yeah. yeah. Well, they got married, <laughs> and, and they, they basically, you know, they'd spent a fortune on making sure that his wife had the location mm. she wanted and all that sort of stuff, and they'd spend money on the dress and all that stuff. And I said, you know what? I'd love to photograph your wedding for, as your present. Like, I think it'd be really nice. Yeah. Like, oh, Christ, I've never felt pressure like it, honestly. <laughs> I know. I know. You're like, oh, uh, it'll be fine. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I've got one fucking shot of this. I did like, that for my dad's and yeah. I had such it's a It's literally attack. that roller coaster effect. You like you think you're ready for it until you get to the roller coaster yeah. and you see it like, oh crap. Never I mind. was really <laughs> you brick it. I was really yeah. glad I hired I I had two camera bodies at the time, two mm. Nikon. Um I had a D eighty and a D three hundred, I think. Oh. And um I'm really glad I hired uh, a seventy two hundred 
two eight or something. You've been screwed otherwise. I, I yeah. had two yeah. two lenses, two bodies, and I, I always thought it was a bit of a a bit of a cop out that wedding photographers just walk around with all this shit around their neck. Yeah. But I realised mm. that actually you don't have time to change lenses. You don't have time to move yeah. around. It's you know so difficult. It is difficult. It's hard. And the now thing is you can't have a lens that does everything because otherwise then you get the digital zoom yeah. problem with like the little cameras. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's interesting as well. Like um, Ross, you've obviously mentioned that you're doing more video work and stuff. And I yeah. suppose. The thing that I've noticed when having spoken to quite a few people that do sort of pro stuff now, whereas before it was pro level photos and then yep. people would, you know, get somebody extra in to do video. Now there's kind of mm. an expectation that you get photos and videos of the same person yeah. almost. Well, yeah. I suppose that's a piece of advice that I could give anyone that's trying to turn into a career that wants to do more client work is think of what the client's putting out there. So they want a really nice image of their product or whatever it is that they're trying to show off. But they're putting it onto Instagram and uh, Twitter and these things. A 30-second video clip would be crucial to them, and you can upsell that as well. You can sell them effectively two or three different products. So this kind of shift into one person doing a little bit of everything, I think it is the kind of future of the market. I think there'll be more of us With doing these kind of things. So, And have you uh, have you ever gone into the aerial photography style of thing? Yeah, well, I mean, I've... <laughs> I own a drone and I've used it like in places that I'm allowed to use it. One of my biggest issues is I'd love to use it in the city, yeah, but I'm not licensed. Yeah, Obviously, the, the drone laws are changing things. So effectively, I've pretty much given up my drone. I would love yeah. to do it, and there's some amazing images out there, but I'm one of these <laughs> old-fashioned people that doesn't really want to go out there and push my luck and kind of break the rules with it. Yeah. So, I mean, I love, the fact, are, I love the fact that you get people that take these amazing cityscapes and... I mean, I was watching, uh, I think it was, uh, not watching, I was looking at uh, Be More Photos. He took a, an overhead of um, Tower Bridge, not Tower Bridge. Yeah. Uh, what's the one, the big one with the thing Shard. in the middle? No, in the middle, in London. The one that goes up in the middle. It is Tower Bridge, isn't it? Tower Bridge, yeah. Yeah, Tower the Bridge. One, the one with yeah. the, the drawbridge thing. Yeah. Goes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He did an overhead of that. Um, which we probably shouldn't which, have been doing. <laughs> well, probably yeah, not because yeah. it's a heavily populated area. Because I think... With I, a lot yeah. of light. Yeah. Yeah. If, I remember, if, I remember, if I remember rightly, he has a, a hacked drone that doesn't obey the law. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. It's mm. a bit like... Um, you've, have you got, you've got a Mavic Pro, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yes, so yeah. you'll, you'll remember um, a certain YouTube channel. Uh, I'll just say Gypsy, and that'll probably that'll probably <laughs> yes. that'll probably uh, start. He went Gypsy. up to like uh, what? Um, yeah. How high did he go? Like ten thousand feet or something ridiculous? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was yeah, above the yeah. clouds, like, and it was just like this is why people are going to get banned. This of course, I mean, I, I see it in Birmingham, I've seen some incredible shots, like the people have got, and I'm like, you're looking over the Aston Expressway, if something happens there, yeah. someone could literally die, yeah. like that's, that's the, the fear for me, yeah. but I, I'm not here to tell other people what to do, it's, it's just, yeah. I can't live with myself doing yeah. that kind of thing, so I haven't done it, you know. You know, it's like it's like if you go to, um, I think now they, if if you go anywhere near air, any airports in the UK now, they they have permission to shoot your drone down. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know why they don't. You. Oh my gosh, yeah. do you remember that well, one? They, they've tried that long ago. the Gatwick one where they didn't find the drone. That, yeah. was, that, that was such. <laughs> a, like, it just a kept popping up every three hours yeah. or something. And we were like, what? It was just such a laughing stock. There's eighty-two thousand flights that have been cancelled or something, and not a single fucking drone was found. Yeah, I think they did find them in the end. I don't no, think, they, I think no, it was all no, fake, no, it was wasn't fake. it? It was all fake. It the guy, the the guy they arrested literally had nothing to do with it. 
It was oh. just there. Nobody yeah. got prosecuted, yeah. and so that was loads got, of money lost, yeah. and they didn't even find the guy. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, well, I, I don't think. England. I don't think there wasn't. I don't think there was a drone. There wasn't a drone. For, there was no picture evidence no. to say that there was. It a was drone. a pilot that had yeah. reported that he yeah. thought he'd seen a drone. It's probably a fucking plastic bag flying past <laughs> the window. <laughs> More like a bird. Could <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I did hear though about that new prototype um, plane. That uh, I don't know if it was a military plane that got completely destroyed by a little bird. But literally, the bird smashed well, the front window screen and the plane went down. Okay, well, I don't want to fly that plane. <laughs> no, 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 you won't fly that plane because it's not no. an Airbus. Is it a 737 not, Max 8? Oh, no, sorry, it's a bad taste. <laughs> <laughs> it's not It's not a conventional one that the uh, commercial will be used for. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's military. Well, that's fine. They, as far can, as I know. they can all crash. I'll be fine. I'll find the story out for you. <laughs> oh, excellent. All right, well, I think oh, on that note, um, that, that kind of uh, that brings us to the end you've uh, you've given us some really insightful insights into your um, insightful Brilliant. insights Insight. you've made some insightful insights that's always useful that's it yeah. so you've given us some really really um, insights. insights into your shooting style and, and we've given gear. the podcast a bit of a different flavour with someone who does something predominantly in landscape photography so we're Definitely. not just completely criticised for doing portrait <laughs> chats <Yeah, laughs> <that's cool. laughs> thank yeah. you everybody yeah exactly so thank you very much for coming on Ross we really really appreciate no it problem. thank you and, Thank uh, you. That was great fun. It was good fun. Do you want Excellent. to remind everyone where they can follow you again? Yeah. Yeah, so probably probably Instagram um at Ross Dukes. Uh I mean if you search Ross Dukes on most of the kind of big social media things, you'll probably find me anyway. And also I'm trying to push my YouTube channel a little bit. So Ross Dukes Photography. Um, but yeah, if you go to Instagram, I'll kind of link everything from there anyway. Fantastic. We'll put the links in our description as well. So that'll be really, we'll really good. We'll give you that extra recognition where you need it. Excellent. So until next time, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I've been John. I've been Josh. I've been John. <laughs> <laughs> all the Joshes. I just couldn't help it. There we go. <laughs> Billy, of course. So, and that's Billy. So Billy until next time, okay. uh, thank you very much again, Ross. Cheers. Thank you, guys. No worries. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.